Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Turn to Exodus chapter 13. Um, I'm going to try my absolute best for not preach for too long um, because we've already uh, done a few extra things this service. But there's something that I want to... Uh, I want, to, uh, I want to speak that God has really been stirring in my heart. And it's in Exodus 13 and chapter 17. If you haven't got your Bible, you can look to the screen. I'm reading from New King James. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Verse 20, so they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. I want you to look at or focus at those first few verses where it says in verse, or really in verse 17, where it says that God did not lead them by the way of the Philistines. It says that they had in the natural, that was the, that was the route that made the most sense. But the Bible says God chose not to lead them the way that made the most sense. It says even though that way was near, God cut off that direction and said, even though this direction makes sense to you, even though this direction or this road or this journey looks like it's going to be the best route to go, I'm going to cut off that route. And I'm going to reroute you or redirect you another direction. And what I want to what I want to talk about just for a few minutes this morning is divine detours. Divine detours. Let's pray real quickly. Lord God, we thank you that you are a good God. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you. God, I thank you that as we sang about this morning, you work all things. For our good, and we declare that this morning, God, I pray that you would come and that you would that you would use this word to do something in us that transforms us in your awesome, awesome name. Amen. Divine detours. How many of you enjoy when you're driving down the road? Maybe you're driving down the four hundred five. I've done this many times before en route from LAX down to Orange County, leaving LA to make my way to the promised land. <laughs> and as I'm driving down the 405, you've got to understand my, my knowledge of 
California freeways is somewhat limited. I, I know the, the 133, I know the 405, I know the 5. Anything outside of that is pretty much a blur to me. So when I leave LAX, I've got one thing in mind. Get on the 405 and head south. I know you might know a better way. I know some of you are already emailing me saying, Pastor Ben, it would be a lot quicker if you went here and hang left and got on this road and then went. Listen, it's a lot simpler for me. It's a lot easier. Just jump on the 405 and head south. There's nothing worse. And maybe this has happened to you before. There's nothing worse than cruising down the 405. Late night, no traffic. Happen, doesn't happen often in California, but heading down, headed towards Orange County on the 405, but then up ahead in the distance, there's a little orange sign with an arrow and it says, detour. It's the worst. All of a sudden, it throws all your plans. Now I'm no longer on a road that I'm familiar with. Prior to the detour, I was just cruising. Come on, I'm eating a burger. I'm, I'm cruising along, of course, paying attention because I'm a law-abiding citizen with two hands on the wheel going the speed limit. But I'm cruising down the 405. I'm relaxing. I'm in cruise control. I'm enjoying the journey until detour. When the detour happens, the burger goes down. The music gets turned off. I drop down to about 10 miles below the speed limit. And here I am meandering my way through little back alleys and dark streets because why? I'm on a detour. It's so interesting that God speaks to the Israelites the moment they get out of Egypt. And he doesn't speak to the way he's going to take them. But he first speaks to the way that he is not going to take them. I want to tell you sometimes the most powerful things in your life are not open doors, but closed doors. Sometimes we talk a lot about God opens doors and He makes a way. Yes, He does where there seems to be no way and He goes before me and we'll talk about that in a moment. But just for a second, I want to talk a little bit that for the power of a way that has been shut down. And sometimes I think we can find ourselves frustrated, find ourselves disgruntled because perhaps God has closed the door when really what you have to understand is that closed door is actually a redirection. God is setting you up on a divine detour. I'm talking about the job that you didn't get. I'm talking about that relationship back in the day when it broke up and you were, you were sobbing your heart out, crying and, and going before the Lord, asking God why. I'm talking about that friend that broke your heart and burnt you. I want to tell you not every single road that gets cut off is actually a bad thing. Sometimes God's setting you up for a divine detour. Sometimes... The most powerful things that set us up to the destiny that God is called us to, to is when God takes us on a detour. I'm talking 
this morning about the closed doors. I'm talking this morning about the, the way God divinely, strategically redirects us to get us onto the track that He wants us onto. In Psalms 37 verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. In order to walk through or travel down a divine detour, we have to have a level of faith in knowing that God is ordering my steps. Even when things shut down in front of me and it doesn't make sense and I don't understand it, we need to not fret and not fear and not worry in the face of a closed door, but know what it is to actually give God praise when a door shuts because you know that God is ordering your steps. You have to understand that this way to them, the Bible says, it was the nearest route to take. It was the route that made the most sense. How many of you often think that if I had the power to direct my own life, I would do things so much differently? Come on, let's be honest. If I could have an honest conversation and say, look, God, listen, I appreciate everything you've done. It's been awesome. But listen, can we just, can we tweak just a couple things? Not trying to tell you how you do your job. Just a couple of thoughts I just want to throw at you. Rather than me waiting, rather than me having to go through, listen, rather than me having to sow and steward what I have, why don't you just bless me now? Come on, anyone here think that's a good idea? God, let's, let's, you know those windows you talk about? Let's forget the windows. Let's open the doors of heaven, pour it out on me and let's make it happen today. God, rather than me go through the journey in my single years of growing who I am and seeking God and and making the most of my single years, why don't you just bring that hot, stunning hunk or hot, stunning bride tomorrow? Come on, all those singles said, come on, that sounds like a plan. How many know that we could go through our life and think of all of the different ways in which we would want to do it different But how many know that God knows best? That there are so many different circumstances that I think we go through in our life that while we're going through them, we push against, we butt heads with, we buck at the whole process because we think we know a better way to go until... Years pass and you've walked through all of that and now you're a more mature version of yourself. You look back on the idiot you used to be and think, you know what? I am so glad that God shut that door. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you have ever got on your ex's Facebook? Don't raise your hand, your spouse will get funny. You ever got on your ex's Facebook and just looked at those photos 
and you couldn't help but raise your hands to heaven and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I praise you. They're all living crazy, put on a few pounds and started sagging. Now you're here praising God that God shut the door when He did. And you have to understand that He did it because why? It's a divine detour. It's, it's trusting. Do we really trust in the face of closed doors? See, trusting that God, talking about that verse that God orders my steps is very easy to preach and very easy to walk out when you're walking through an open door that you want to walk through. When God, listen, when God blesses you and you get the job, come on, that's where we're tweeting, but God orders my steps, praise Jesus, I've got to pay rise, I'm walking through. That doesn't take faith. Because you can see the breakthrough happening in front of you. I mean, praise Him, tweet the, tweet the verse, get crazy, do what you want to do. But understand, it doesn't take faith to do that. Faith only kicks in when the door's been slammed shut in front of you. And in the face of a closed door, you still declare that God orders my steps. It's, a just, it's, just, it's just a divine Detour. I would do it. I would do it so differently. I had this conversation with God yesterday as I was praying over this message, and I was I was thinking through my life, and I thought, man, I would, I wouldn't. God, why you make? Why do you make me go here? And then watch this. When I get to here, and I think it's going to be smooth sailing from here, you make me turn again. And then go here. Let me show you one of the reasons. And I want to give you just a real quick, quick couple of things in regard to divine detours. The first thing that you have to understand about a divine detour is a divine detour is designed for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. It's not someone else's. You don't have to compare your road to someone else's road. See, how do we get off track while we're on a divine detour is we compare our detour to someone else's. And then just, this is a strategy of the enemy, just when you start feeling okay and start feeling in faith about the divine detour God has you on, you jump on Instagram and see someone else posting a photo of they're doing this, they're doing that. And then you start thinking, well, why aren't I doing what they're doing? Why is, my, why is my marriage like this when this couple over here are posting selfies in Paris, hashtag love each other, whatever, and you're sitting there thinking, why am I on this journey? Why am I praying for a pay rise and this cat over here just bought a new car and he's taking photos of his car and videos? See, understand it's a strategy of the enemy to try and get you in doubt and unbelief while you're in the process of a divine detour. Problem is that what we do is we compare our worst moments with everyone else's greatest moments. We put, see, no one's posting. No, no marriage. I haven't seen it yet. I said to Chris, I'm going to start posting some of these just to help people. She said, please don't. I'm going to start posting. I want to post it. Wait for it. Maybe I'll do one this week. A selfie. Me. 
mad as heck because Chris and I just had a knockdown drag out, right? Luca on the floor crying his eyes out with a dirty diaper. Dishes everywhere. Caressa on the couch with mascara down her face, screaming at me, me screaming at her. I'm gonna take a selfie and say, hashtag real marriage just on my divine detour, but believing God's gonna take me to greatness. Don't know when I'm gonna get there, but I'm trusting in Him, knowing that He guides and orders my step. Stay tuned. Come on, stay tuned, stay tuned. Watch my Instagram this week, it might happen. Chris, it might divorce me, but it might happen. But come on, is that not truth? We look at everyone else, we think, oh man, they must be doing this and this church is doing that and their marriage is doing this and they're travelling there on vacation. You're looking at the highlights. It's the highlight reel. It's the trailer. It's just the snapshot of their greatest moments. Don't, don't compare your worst moments with someone else's greatest. It's your, it's your divine detour. That's all it is. It's orchestrated by God for you, for your life. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He's going before you. He's guiding and directing you. Don't get caught off track worrying about what everybody else is doing and where they're at. You've just got to focus on your journey and the divine detour that God has you on. Why does God... Take us on these divine detours for our life. Real quickly, the first one I wrote down is the reason why I'm on, perhaps maybe on a divine detour is because God is growing me. He's growing me. It's, it's not so much about what I want to get from Him as much as it is about what He wants to do in me. We focus so much on what we want to get God's focus is on growing who we are. Because when we understand and get a revelation of who we are, you won't have to worry about what you get because when you get who you understand who you are, you just step into and access what you have through who you are as a son or daughter of Jesus Christ. God's trying to do, trying to do the work in us. In Psalms 119 verse 71, it is good. David said this, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Why am I on a divine detour? Maybe God's doing a work in me. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not, haven't got it all together yet. One of the things that I've noticed in different stages in life is just when you think you've got it all together. Just when you think the detour is finished and you're about to jump back on the main highway and start cruising again, there's another stinking detour sign. When I was single, I thought my life, I know what I'm doing in life. I thought, bro, this is the time to write a book. 
How to Do Life by Ben Prescott. I thought, listen, I know I'm just good. I'm pretty disciplined. I'm in my Word each day. I've got a great routine. I go to the gym each day. I keep my temple right. I get with God. I'm doing a ministry. And then I thought, here we are. I've gone through this detour. Now I'm about to get back on the highway. But before I thought I was going to get back on the highway, how many know I got married? And then marriage showed me that I'm actually a selfish punk that got to deal with a lot of stuff. And I went on another detour. Then I started down the road of marriage and then I start working through that. And then I got to a stage, I thought, you know what? Stay tuned for this. Book's about to come, How to Do Life and Marriage by Ben Prescott. I know what, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. What idiot. At three and a half years of being married, being married knows what he's doing in marriage. All those people that have been married for a long time know what I'm talking about. Just when, just when I felt like Chris and I, you know what? I think we've gone through difficult times just getting used to each other, like every marriage. And, but I feel like, listen, babe, we're, we, we know what we're doing now. Then... We had a kid. Guess what? It's another detour. But all the while I was getting frustrated about detours and God spoke to me one day and said, Ben, do you think maybe the reason there's constant detours is I'm actually trying to do a work in you? I'm taking you down roads to try and shift things that are in you. I'm holding back particular blessing that you're praying for, not because I'm playing games, but I want to teach you what it is to believe God in the face of lack, that I am your provider. It's just a divine detour. That's why James 1 and verse 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy when you face many trials, when you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops endurance or perseverance. Then it says, Perseverance must finish its work. Why? So that we may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Tell someone he's just doing a work in me. Tell your spouse he's doing a work in you. I know that. <laughs> Look at why he didn't take him down that road. I'm going to go real quick. He didn't take him down that road. Why? He said, because there's Philistines down that road. There's a war down there. He said, you're not ready for that yet. While it looks like I'm steering you away from a direction or a route that is near, a route that looks easy. Trust me, there's some things down that road that you're not ready for yet. You head down that road, you're going to get rattled and go back. A time will come that you're ready because if you look at it and study it, the Philistines that he was talking about is actually from the same, they are a family of giants from the same giants that actually Caleb took. Remember we talked about taking the mountain? 
It's the same family, the Anakim, the same from the same family of Philistines, the same giants that Caleb had to kill in order to get his mountain were the same giants that God said to the Israelites coming out of Egypt, you're not ready for them yet. See, Caleb is there with them and God redirected them and said, you're not ready yet, but a day will come. Once I've taken you from this detour and and this detour and I've done a work and and I've chipped that away and I've got rid of that in your life and I've strengthened you in this area. A day will come when you will step up to that giant and take it out. But right now you've got to trust me. It's a divine detour. It's a divine detour. What detour is one of the greatest things about divine detours in our life. When you're driving down the road on a detour, as I said, when you're driving down the road prior to a detour, we're just cruising, aren't we? Come on, you know where you're going? You're just cruising down the road? You, it's almost by default that you just drive. You're not even perhaps thinking about where you're going. But then the moment the detour happens... All of a sudden, your attention is focused. Do you notice that they see detour signs seem to be the smallest signs on the planet? Do you ever notice that? They detour, they redirect you off the freeway, off the highway. This has happened to me many times, coming from LAX. Then all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of nowhere in the tiniest little, going through the tiniest, darkest streets. And what am I doing? I'm looking for the tiny little orange arrow that's going to be on a post somewhere directing me to where I need to go. This is one of the greatest things about detours. Divine detours, they keep us in this place of seeking Him around every single corner. Why do we, listen, why do we, so many Christians get to a place where we become stagnant in our walk with God? To be real honest, I think we just get good at it. I think we just start getting good at being a Christian. It's like we're cruising down the highway. We don't have to believe for anything. We're not seeking the Lord. We just do a few little bit of reading here. Life is good, whatever it might be. See, that's one of the greatest things about a divine detour. A divine detour will get you on your knees real quick saying, Lord, I need you to show me. I need you to guide me. I need you to direct me. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing here. I need your presence. Remember the story of Moses and when Moses was called by God in Exodus 3 verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. And when the Lord saw that he turned, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. The Lord didn't speak to Moses until Moses turned in to the Lord. 
Why so often do we become stagnant? I think we just get so used to just doing the Christian walk. That's where a divine detour is so powerful. He'll get us on our knees before God. Remember the story of Joshua when they came to set out across the promised land in to walk across the promised land in, in, in Joshua 3, verse 3 and 4. And it talks about the story of carrying the ark. And you can look at it later, but in the story it says that when, I, when you see the ark of the covenant come out, it says, follow the ark. Stay in behind. What does the ark represent? We know it represents the presence of God. And he says to them, stay in behind the ark. And then it says, because I'm taking you away that you have never gone before. I want to tell you that God has taken you somewhere that you have never been before. See, this is the problem is what we do is we try and map our own journey and our own path based on where we think God is taking us. But the Bible says that God, what God wants to do in your life is over and above what you could ask, think or imagine. Guess what? You don't know where you're going. So that's why you've got to trust in God and be directed by divine detour. It's knowing what it is to say, Lord, Lord I, I need you right now. I can't do this on my own. God, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, you have to understand those are the moments that God can guide you and direct you into that place where He wants to do that so powerful work in your heart. The other thing, real quickly, about it being designed, the detours designed. Why is, why is he designed these, these detours for us? It says this further down the story. Where God is talking about, talking to them about this plan and he's unrolling, uh, unwrapping for them this detour. For Pharaoh will save the children of Israel. They are bewildered by the land of wilderness has closed the room. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. This is all part of the divine detour. So that he will pursue them. And I, look at this, and I will gain honour over Pharaoh and over all this army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. The divine detour is not about us. It's not about, that's where we get off track is I think we start thinking it's about us. It's not about us. God takes us on these divine detours so that he will get glory and people will be drawn under him. I was talking, I was talking to a businessman, and Keith can come, I'm going to finish soon. Um, I was talking to a businessman this week in our church and uh, he just recently bought a house. And, uh, you know, we'd been, we'd been journeying through, you know, the process with him, praying and believing. He'd been looking for a house, and had been renting, and he'd just been waiting to sort of see the right, you know, what God had had for them. And, and uh, you know, that they, were, uh, they found this house that, uh, that he loved. And nearby, you know, in Irvine, it's a big, you know, big house in Irvine, you know, you know, what you're sort of looking at for that type of cost. And so he had to, you know, he'd been saving it to get together the, the, uh, the down payment. And, and it was like a stretch. It turned out on, along the journey of, you know, him saving, thinking he was going to have to put down this amount, bank came back later on along that journey and said, no, you're going to have to put down more than that. This is the new amount that you're going to have to put down. And along the journey, every, every time, you know, I'd, I'd say, how's it going? He's like, man, I mean, 
I said, like naturally, I know you're in fact, what, what do you, and he said, look, it's not looking good. It doesn't look like we're going to get, going to get what we, what, what it was, was there seems to be continued detours. Essentially, he was saying, I'm trying to walk down this road, but then I keep, it keeps getting harder along the journey. And then he would, you know, we'd talk again and something else would happen, something else would happen. Long story short, this week he told me this. He said, I came down to the last few days and I had actually gathered together last, last minute. I mean, his, his last minute is so often how God works. Last minute, he managed to gather together all the funds that he needed, right? Listen, push down all the funds. The bank says to him, oh, wait, hang on. We need you to pay an additional $12,000. He said to them, when do you need this for? They said, tomorrow, one o'clock. And he, he talked to me, he said, I mean... The next day, after he's just gone through detour, after detour to get to this place, now you're telling me there's another detour? But this one doesn't look like this. This one's... So he spent the rest of that day. He got told in the morning, he got spent the rest of that day just trying to scrounge together the last, the last few dollars they could possibly come up with to try and get this money. Came down to, before he went to bed, he stayed on the job till about 11 o'clock that night. So he could try and get a job out to try and get a bill in to pay. The bank said, you must pay this by one o'clock tomorrow. Said he went, he went home, went down, prayed and said, Lord, he got together all. He was $9,000 short the night before. Talk about detour. Saying, God, why, why you direct me here? To direct me here? To direct me here? And now I'm stuck. Now I don't know. Now how am I going to get together? He told me this. He said, I prayed. And I said, Lord, I'm done. It's a great place to be in your walk with God. I'm done. I think when we talk like that to God, that's where God's like, oh, finally, this was exhausting. Because I've been waiting. God was, I think God's saying, this would have been a lot easier if you had said that back at the start. I could have moved a lot quicker. What it is, is I can't do it on my own. God's like, no, do. He went to bed knowing He's $9,000 short. And one o'clock the next day was going to come real fast. He told me this this week. He said, Ben, I woke up in the morning and God told me, look at my bank account. He said, I thought this is stupid. He said, I've been looking at that bank account about four times a day for the last few months. He said, look at that bank account. And I look at it and there's a deposit gone into that account for nine thousand dollars he went he rang the bank and said what is what where is this money they looked it up and they said it looks like it's come from the IRS from your tax this is the, but this listen this is this is why I'm telling this story 
Because when he told that to me, he said, I said, what did you do? He said, honestly, I put my phone down and started to cry. And when he said that, and that's when it hit me, that's what God wanted all the way along the journey. Because as he began to cry, he said, Lord, I praise you. I lift you up. I acknowledge that this whole thing wasn't about me. It was all about the praise that you were going to get at the end of it. What's, what's your divine detour that you're on right now? And the, you know, there's more stuff I'll do in the next service. But I want to encourage some people here. Maybe you feel like you're on a divine detour. Declare over your life every single day that my steps, they're ordered by the Lord. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening, but that's faith. I don't need to know why. If I knew why, it wouldn't require faith. It's just a divine detour. Right across this room, I want to pray real quickly. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.